Before we begin, my usual appeal to you. For those who haven't already, I request you to consider taking membership of the Prince YouTube channel, which costs only 159 rupees per month. Click on the join button to enjoy exclusive member benefits, including loyalty badges, priority responses, and member-only videos. We are now also extending newsletters to all our YouTube members. For this, I request all YouTube members to write to us with their full name and email address at members at the print dot in. That's members at the print dot in, and we'll get back to you. Five men laughing as they splash in a swimming pool. The selfie records a short moment of innocent pleasure for men who were preparing to drown a nation in blood. Late in the summer of 2016, Muhammad Omar Farooq returned home to Bahawalpur in Pakistan from the dust-blown Afghan town of Sangin. His cousins and his closest brothers in jihad, Talha Rashid Alvi, Muhammad Ismail Alvi, and Rashid Billa, joined him that morning at the pool inside the Jaish e Mohammed's sprawling seminary in southern Punjab. Two years later, Farooq would command the cell responsible for the 2019 suicide bombing in Kashmir's Pulwama, which led India and Pakistan to the edge of war. Earlier this week, police in Jammu and Kashmir were reported to have shot dead Jaish e Mohammed operative Ashik Ahmed Nengru, a truck driver, one-time police informer, and among the most significant fugitives involved in the suicide attack. The National Investigation Agency has alleged that Nengru transported Farooq to Kashmir from Hiranagar in Kathua and provided him with a safe house where the entire operation was planned and executed. The killing might seem like closure, but it comes at the cusp in the Jaish-e-Mohammed's journey. Facing international sanctions, Pakistan sought to distance itself from the Jaish, even claiming that its client state in Afghanistan is harboring Farooq's uncle and the organization's chief, Masood Azhar Alvi. In recent months, though, the Jaish has organized public rallies to commemorate jihadists killed in Kashmir and has been raising funds to expand its seminary. Kashmir police investigators have claimed that Nengru continued to run weapons for the Jaish, using trucks and even drones, long after Islamabad said it had shut down the group. Each of the men in the swimming pool photograph is dead, but the Jaish itself has proved remarkably difficult to kill. Less than four feet tall, elderly and balding, Noor Muhammad Tantre looked nothing like the feared jihadi commander we now know he was. Following the 2001 attack on Indian parliament, Tantre had been convicted of transporting explosives to New Delhi for the Jaish. Following training in Pakistan, prosecutors claimed, Tantre had become a key figure in the networks of parliament attack commander Shahbaz Khan. Tantre emerged from jail in 2015, having spent 12 years in prison. The jihadist group he served had by then disintegrated. Following the military standoff triggered by the attack on parliament, military ruler General Parvez Musharraf had cracked down on the Jaish. Azhar himself had been arrested and training camps across Pakistan were shut down. Not even one fighter from the jihadist group was killed in Kashmir between 2012 and 2013, 
a sign of how marginal it had become to the jihadi landscape by the time Tantre emerged from prison. Even as Farooq and his friends were training in Afghanistan, Tantre patiently resumed recruiting a new generation of supporters in southern Kashmir, aided by the massive Islamist-led uprising that broke out in the summer of 2016. For all practical purposes, jihadist groups came to rule the region after that uprising, even hoisting their flags and holding military parades in full public view. In villages where they operated, the Jaish's Pakistani cadre became local heroes, drawing crowds of frenzied young people. Following a series of terrorist strikes, an enraged in India eventually struck across the line of control in September 2016. The Inter-Services Intelligence Directorate needed to hit back and unleash the Jaish. Terrorists from the group struck at an Indian army base in Nagrota, killing seven soldiers. Further suicide operations took place through 2017. The strikes culminated in December that year with an attack involving the first ethnic Kashmiri Fidayeen, teenagers Fardeen Khande and Manzoor Baba. Like Khande, several other young Kashmiris had also begun operational roles in the Jaish. Farooq's alleged girlfriend, Insha Jan, together with Shakir Bazir, Vaizul Islam, Muhammad Abbas Rathar, Bilal Kuche, Abbas Rathar, the NIA says, played various key roles in the Pulwama plot, ranging from providing safe houses to securing the mining explosives used to eventually fabricate the bomb. Late in 2017, intelligence officials knew something was going on and had begun issuing a series of warnings that the Jaish was again planning major bombings. The intelligence, government sources have told the print, came from Arzu Bashir, another Thral area resident who'd been recruited by Tantre. The arrest led, among other things, to the killing of Talha and Billa, the terrorists in the swimming pool photograph, as well as Tantre's own arrest. Even though intelligence operations failed to lead the authorities to the Pulwama plot itself, dozens of other Jaish Kader were killed. Those operations, among other things, claimed the life of the Jaish military chief in Kashmir, Abdul Mateen, a Bahawalpur resident widely known by the alias Mufti Wakas. They also led to the elimination of Farooq's own brother, Usman, who was shot dead by the Indian army in October 2018. One of the events that investigators say let suicide bomber Adil Ahmad Dar to volunteer to drive himself to the Pulwama suicide attack. Azhar authored an elegy released on social media after Talha's killing. The martyr's sins are forgiven when the first drop of his blood falls and he is spared the agony of the grave, the terrors of the day of judgment. He is married to 72 virgins and his family granted God's mercy. Taken hours before the Pulwama bombing, Another photograph recorded the end of the journey from the swimming pool. Together with his friend Ismail, Farooq stands alongside suicide bomber Adil. There is just one figure in this second photograph who might still be alive. Ethnic Kashmiri Samir Dar, who is alleged by the NIA of having helped to fabricate the bomb used in Pulwama. Like several other second-rung figures in the plot, Nengru fled across the border after the bombing. For a time, Indian intelligence officials believe, he worked at the seminary in Bahawalpur. And then, 
was put back to operations in Kashmir. Following the Pulwama bombing, Indian Air Force jets had struck across the line of control, which led to retaliatory strikes by the Pakistan Air Force. Faced with the prospect of war, Islamabad responded by stopping jihadist operations in and outside Kashmir. Last year, former Pakistan Army Chief General Kamar Javed Bajwa also agreed to reinstitute a ceasefire along the line of control, which enabled the Indian Army to block jihadist movement more easily. Low levels of logistic support for jihadist groups, however, has continued, with figures like Nengru pushing small arms and Kader into Kashmir. Earlier this year, police shot dead two Jaish operatives believed to have been plotting a suicide attack ahead of a visit by Prime Minister Narendra Modi. The abortive attack, police say, was organized by Nengru, who narrowly escaped back across the line of control. Even though the ISI has disowned Azhar, other top Jaish operatives remain active. The terror chief's brother and Jaish military chief, Abdul Rauf Azgar Alvi, remains active at the Bhavalpur Seminary. So does Azhar's younger brother, Amar Alvi, and second-rung commanders such as Mohyuddin Aurangzeb Alamgir. Two years ago, the United Nations Security Council recorded that the Jaish, along with its sister group, the Lashkar-e-Taiba, was facilitating, and I quote, the trafficking of terrorist fighters into Afghanistan, who act as advisors, trainers, and specialists in improvised explosive devices. The two groups, the report warned, are believed to have approximately 800 and 2,000 armed fighters, respectively, co-located with Taliban forces. Even though the Jaish threat appears to have been stamped out inside Kashmir, it clearly retains its infrastructure capabilities and lethal reach. The killing of Nengru, more likely than not, will prove to be just punctuation in a story that is very far from its end. I'm Praveen Swami and I'm National Security Editor of The Print. Thank you for listening to Security Code.